Hey, TechLead here, and welcome to another episode. Now, what we're going to be talking about today is how to grow your next business into a million users. Now, I wanted to remind you guys that I am an ex-Google tech lead, and I have built a number of successful apps that have been able to get to millions of users. We can take a look at the dashboard here. You can see here that this was one of my apps with 3.6 million users. Had another app here, iPhone app, 25,000 users. Another one with 15,000 users, 40,000 users. Let's see, and this was another app with 500,000 users. And I have grown all of these as well as having worked for larger companies in which there were apps with many, many more millions of users. So I would like to think that I know a thing or two about how to grow a business from zero to millions of users. And I'm here to give you my top five tips on how you too can do that as well. This video, by the way, is sponsored by hostinger.com slash tech lead for all of your website and hosting domain needs for like 80 cents per month. And this is a pretty neat way to get a static website all set up for yourself such that you can show off your projects that you're doing. I'll just show you quickly how Hostinger works. You come in here, they have this really nice control panel. I've already got this domain name that I'm trying to use here, techleadpro.com. You can see that it's just going to a default landing page, but I'm going to begin the all set up here. They have a lot of options like MySQL databases php my admin and what i'm really looking for here is they have integration with wordpress which is pretty neat wordpress powers 30 percent of the web by the way and there you go installation has been successful i can access the site now what i'm going to be doing is i'm going to be selling my tech lead season one hd complete which you can purchase for 1995 by the way and i want to create a really nice beautiful landing page for that so you know i think this looks really good come here and choose what i would like to insert i really like how they let you just come in here and drop into html yeah, looking good there. So now I'm using some Flexbox to get this grid layout here. Now what I'm going to have to do is just add in some PayPal buttons. All right, so there you go. You can see my final webpage, my landing page, techleadpro.com. You can check it out. Excellent advice, excellent videos, 1995, buy now through PayPal. And you can see here, I was able to get the shop front all set up very quickly. I have a website, people can visit it. There's images, there's text. I got YouTube videos, I got PayPal buttons. I was able to do this all without any coding using hostinger.com. They'll get you over 80% off on web hosting and domain names. Check them out, hostinger.com slash tech lead, 15% off. Now, one thing that really changed my perspective was one time I was building this dating website. And I started researching this and I realized that dating websites are actually extremely easy to build. And they faced a certain class of problem known as the chicken and the egg problem in which the success of a dating website depends purely on how many people you can get on there. That's it. It's a marketing problem. It's not a technical problem at all. So that made me realize that there are certain classes of businesses that sound great at a million users, but that don't really sound good at 10 users or 100 users, right? And so the first thing you need to understand is that you need to come up with a path that gets your business from zero users to 10 users to 100 users, 1,000 users, and a million. And so if you think about like a dating website, it's really not much fun with only 10 users or 100 users or 1,000 users. But once you can get like 10 million users on there, it starts to sound pretty fun. And this is something that anybody can do but it just costs huge amounts of investments in marketing and advertising to get that going. And the challenge, the trick, is how do you grow it to that size? And this is really not a trivial thing. So you have to have a good marketing plan in place for your product. So that's the first thing is to understand that marketing is a very interesting problem. And for some businesses, it is actually the core problem for the business to solve. 
I remember one time I had collaborated with a team member to build this framework. You know, when we were building it, I said, well, we got to make this really cool landing page and sell it to the developers and try to get a lot of people using this stuff. And then that other developer just didn't seem to care. And all he did was he put up like a readme file, like just a plain readme text file. And then he just launched it and set out an email marketing campaign. And guess how many people actually adopted this product? It was like one or two. Almost nobody was interested in using this framework. And essentially that just tanked the whole project. So even though this was simply a piece of code, oftentimes the impact of a developer, especially if you're working in say infra, is how many people are actually using your code? How many people are adopting that piece of technology that you wrote? So in more places than you may imagine, and actually in all aspects of life, from say your dating life to your personal branding, to pieces of code that you write, to how you negotiate, and to the businesses that you grow, marketing has a huge impact on anything that you do. Marketing is very important. And so you just have to make that a priority. I know we all just want to start building the product and that's the most interesting and fun part about it. But marketing is something that cannot be ignored. You have to take it seriously. Whenever I start on a new project, actually, it is usually spurred by a new marketing opportunity. So if there's a new app platform that opens up, say Facebook apps open up or iPhone apps open up, that is a brand new marketing opportunity. It's not so much the technology. The technology may be interesting and cool too, but it is that distribution part that actually motivates me to jump in and start building something. I won't take on a project if I don't have a clear idea about how I'm going to get the first 100 users. When I started Panel Lapse, which is my time-lapse photography software, I had already pre-identified a small community of photographers who are very interested in time-lapse rigs, getting sliders and motion and all of that stuff. So I knew right away that if I were to build a piece of software, I could advertise straight to that community of people and they would be interested. So you want to look for niches, small sub communities like subreddits, Facebook groups in which you'll be able to talk and people will listen. If you try to talk to everybody, you speak to nobody. Now, the second tip I have for you is to write the current trends in distribution. And there's always a trend going on somewhere. These days, it's quite interesting. I would say that the trend is in influencer marketing. You can go find YouTubers, Instagram influencers, people much like myself, and you go ask them to promote your product. So the key difference here is that I would say we are in an era of influencers. In the past, technology had largely been driven by platforms. You had platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and essentially it would be grassroots campaigns in which you would broadcast a post that post would be shared by many friends and then that post would eventually go viral. It may go viral around hashtags on Twitter. So in the old days, it was scattered friends who would share news. And then you would say things like, oh, well, you got to go to Facebook or Twitter and you would talk about these large platforms. Today, the difference is that we have gelled into communities centered around influencers. And it is not so much the platform, but it is the influencer who you should be talking to. That is the person you advertise with. There used to be something called bloggers and you would go to these bloggers who ran their own little independent websites and you would ask them to write about your stuff. But bloggers have kind of faded out these days to be replaced by the influencers. That's who you need to go to. That's the trend these days. And so overall, I would recommend you check out YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, maybe Reddit, find out who the influencers are in your specific niche and go ask them to promote your stuff, maybe pay them a little money or something like that. Get that all set up for you. Now, the third tip I have for you about how you can grow your business is to be genuine. Being genuine is trending these days, I would say. You know, in the old days, it used to be all corporate speak. People hid behind this veil. 
and customers seem to appreciate that they thought it sounded professional. But these days, there's been sort of a backlash against corporatism. So this is about building an actual relationship with your customers, your audience, your viewers. How are you guys doing over there? Say hi to your mom for me. I want to show you a little something that kind of surprised me when I first saw this, but there's something called the style and tone guide for large companies. And if we take a look at what Google has here, they say that even for them officially, they want you to aim for a conversational tone rather than a formal one. Be human, let your personality show. Be memorable, you can even be a little funny now and then. They say aim for a voice and tone that's conversational, friendly, and respectful. A voice that's casual and natural and approachable. And you can see that this is actually reflected in other documentation as well if you check out MailChimp's. At MailChimp, we've walked in our customer's shoes. Using offbeat humor and a conversational voice, we play with language to bring joy to work. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We are plain spoken, we are genuine. So if the way you are communicating with your customer is very formal and you think that's professional, it's actually not. You're actually damaging your brand and you are distancing yourself from your customer and you're just being a very corporate, faceless, non-genuine entity and you lose that chance to develop a more human, personal relationship with your customer, which your competitors probably are doing. So that's the current trend these days. If you're trying to act all corporate and professional, then just stop that right now. Now, my fourth tip for you is to optimize your conversion funnel. So maybe you set up this beautiful landing webpage. You want to make sure that as people are entering your website, you aren't losing them. And this is something that you have to really be mindful about. I want to show you some interesting landing pages here, actually. If you take a look at the landing page for Amazon, it's quite interesting, actually, that when you get towards the purchase flow, you'll find that nothing on the page becomes clickable anymore except the continue button in which you can continue to buy stuff. The Amazon logo, that banner, you can't click on it. They just remove that so you don't keep going backwards. Even this learn more button, if you were to tap on that, it just opens a brand new window in a pop-up, but it doesn't actually redirect me from the site. Once I get into this portion, it just funnels me straight into the portion where I have to place an order. You want to minimize the number of clicks that your user has to make. If you check out my website here, I don't even have a cart. I just ask for your credit card number and then there's a buy now button right there which completes the whole purchasing process for you. It's one click buy essentially. Accessibility is something that I think a lot of people underestimate in which you want to make sure that your site is easy and simple to access for anybody. And you want to be thinking about people like your mom, for instance. Would someone like that be able to navigate your app, your business, your website, and really understand it and go through the whole flow? For example, if I were to build a website, many times I would just use a standard button. I'm not going to try to customize it and make it look all cool and shiny and rounded because then it doesn't really look like a button anymore, right? And people may not know that that's clickable. And that whole entry should be fun, simple, clean, and understandable. Now the fifth point here is you want to consider what people like to call the viral loop, right? Which is the flow in which when the user gets into your app or your business or whatever it is, how are they going to spread that through word of mouth? And you want to make it as easy as possible for people to share your stuff. So don't underestimate building out this referral process in which you can give people some goodies, some bonuses in exchange for them sharing your service with their friends, their family. You know, I have spent tens of thousands of dollars on advertising. A lot of that stuff doesn't really work. Like, I'm not sure if I've ever gotten any payoff that felt really tangible to me for advertising. 
Whereas if a product is really good, then it will be able to grow on its own. And that is really how you get massive amounts of growth, right? If your goal is to get like, say, 500,000 users. You're not going to get to that amount by paying for every single user. It's just going to cost way too much. So you have to make sure that there's a way for your business to grow in sort of a viral way, exponential way, without you having to pay for each single person. So for a lot of the apps and games I make, I always take into consideration the time to build some sort of referral process in which people can have a special link. And if they were to share that, they would get some in-app goodies, some virtual item and virtual goods, something that would just incentivize people to help grow that product. Let me know what your top tips are on growing a business. If you liked the video, give it a like and subscribe, and I'll see you next time. Bye.